0: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Macas, together and loving it. TNC's apply. Thanks to GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. Welcome to the first serve, your home of tennis.
1: Welcome everybody to the first serve on this uh, Monday, the final day of October. Brett Phillips with you as we cover the world of tennis. Plenty to get through as always. Uh, happy to take calls 1300 736 736 or on the Tennis Direct text tonight 0433 98 1116 dot tennisdirect.com.au. You can go shopping tonight, that little 10%. Uh, discount. Use the code First Serve One Zero. They are Australia's number one online tennis store. Rackets, accessories, everything you need. Great prices. Free delivery on orders over 150 bucks. Wherever you are, right around Australia. So get on board. But as always, we need to salute the winners of the past week. He
0: gets it this time. Felix in the form of his life now three titles, he has won this month, Florence, Antwerp, and now Basel, an October to dream about for the man from Montreal, he wins this tournament without being broken, oh it's all over, at the seventh time of asking, Medvedev, the maestro, finally
1: is the champion in Vienna. Simply the best. Simply the best indeed. Felix, Orge, Aliassim, Daniil Medvedev headlining our winners of the past week, our two whip around. Thanks to AATC, Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, here providing coach education right across the globe. Courses delivered by industry leaders and tennis business owners. Learn locally, coach globally. They're internationally endorsing. You can inquire and enrol at aatc.tennis. Uh, FAA, as he's uh, uh, known to some, will uh, certainly in full-blown radio commentary um, don't like to go the full uh, Felix Orgeo Eliassine, which we found out in the quarterfinal at the Australian Open uh, last year. But, look, this is uh, this is a really good work in progress. He's eight, eight in the world. Uh, the Canadians, we've been talking about, he and Shepa Velo for uh, some time. I go back to junior Wimbledon a few years ago when Felix played Alex Minaur in a semi-Demon beat Felix. He went on to play Shepovalov in the final. And it's been fascinating to follow that trio's journey. But Felix has risen to where Alex and Dennis haven't been able to get. six three seven five. 3 was about 12 months ago that he added the wise counsel of uh, uh, the highly regarded Tony Nadal, the uncle of uh, Rafa, who guided Rafa to all his great success before leaving the tour going to Majorca to head up the uh, the Nadal Academy. And then Felix uh, came and said, "Uh, Tony, spend some time with me. Add your uh, experience and your expertise. Now, hard to quantify the effects of uh, Tony Nadal, but in the last year, from zero and nine in finals, he's won four titles, including a trifecta in the last three weeks, Florence, Antwerp and Basel, as you heard. So 53 wins for the year. 22 years of age, he's the second youngest man in the top 10 behind the world number one in Carlos Alcaraz, and he's uh, going beautifully. uh, Defeated Holger Rune. Now, this young man makes another final. Uh, We know he's uh, a star on the rise and only going to get better. He's inside the top 20 for the very first time to 18 in the world at just uh, 19, Uh, full of energy, just a hard worker. He is determined to have success, and he'll get there on that, plus Plus. His game evolving in all areas. So uh, well done to Felix, but another uh, really good final. So what does that mean for Turin? The ATP finals, only two weeks away. We've got Paris, of course, the indoor 1,000, the Masters uh, this week. So it's down to Felix. It's down to Rublev, Fritz and uh, Hubert Hukac of Poland. Two spots, for Mem to compete in Paris to grab those last uh, two spots. Uh, So that is... Going to be a great competition. Ivan Dodig, Austin Krejcik took out the doubles. they a pretty good doubles partnership this year. As you heard in the highlights, uh, Daniil Medvedev was the top seed. We know he hasn't quite had the year that he would have liked at uh, Medvedev. And even though the win-loss ledger is uh, looking very nice at 45 and 15. But just a second title uh, this year by his standards... And what he's achieved in the uh, last three or four years preceding, it certainly has been a drop. Uh, but he does go back up a spot. He replaces uh, Kaspar Rood. He beats uh, Denis Shepovelov in the final. Had a, a lean year, uh, Shepovelov, considering that we thought his trajectory might you know, really be able to spike uh, like Felix. But he's uh, a much more attacking player. Smaller uh, room for uh, error there, the way he uh, hits the ball and the angles and uh, very close to the lines. It's a little bit hit and miss at times, but he, uh, he's 16 in the world. So that's a fair effort. But sometimes you're 16 and you're a fair way off the mark. So we wait to see where Shepovelov uh, can go longer term. But Medvedev was uh, rock solid, uh, Erla and Midler. Two guys, I can tell you honestly, I've never heard of two Austrian wildcards that got in and actually won the doubles. Always love to see that. Uh, Elisabetta Cocciaretto, the Italian. I uh, just love saying that name. All the Italian names across the journey. Uh, world number seventy nine jumps up to sixty four. Uh, first WTA one two five win. Uh, that was of course in Mexico. So we've got a, a few one 5s to end the season, and of course the WTA finals uh, starting this week in Texas. We need to sing the praises of a young Aussie on the rise, Rinky Hidjikata. Not the first time we've mentioned him on this program. Spent a little bit of time in college, from Sydney, ranking now to a high 159. So he wins his first ATP challenger, of course being played over in Adelaide in the last week. Took some good scalps, including Duckworth and Purcell from an Australian perspective. 52-26, and 26, the win-loss uh, this year for Rinky. He's doing all the right things. A young man is just uh, literally rolling up the sleeves. He, he does play with the ref a sleeveless uh, setup of uh, uh, the ref on the day. Youth. Um, when well, he didn't go the uh, the full top, but Rinky is he's, uh, he's the good six one six one beat uh, Nagushi, the uh, Japanese player in the final, and we just love what he's doing. Rinky Hijikata, Jeremy Beale, and Callum Puddigal, a couple of guys who have been around for a. A long, long time. They won the doubles. I tell you what, someone said to me on this program two years ago that Jeremy Beal could be the best player uh, that he's ever seen. Unfortunately, he's had so many injuries across the journey, but big lefty, stand and deliver. Not many balls come back. 15th doubles title. Uh, but every time he's looked like he's maybe going to uh, have a good career, it's uh, been followed by a layoff with injury. Eighth title there for Puttigill. Uh Kim Beryl, I reckon she saw uh, just a little sigh of relief for Kim. Uh, the record in finals the last few years, singles and doubles, hadn't gone her way. Uh, first title since 2018. Made the third round of the Australian Open, going back three years ago. Then had the elbow injury. Stop start, but she can hit a ball extremely well. Our Aussie girls need to stand up. There's a lot of that 100 to 250 bracket that have got potential. And Beryl's a good, clean ball striker. She jumps back inside the top 200 for the first time. 38-24 and 24 the win-loss this year. Her third ITF singles title beats uh, Maddie Inglis. Basovic and Gibson uh, won the uh, doubles uh, there in uh, Playford in Adelaide. Tennis Sangren, a uh, prickly customer as we know. Not always the favourite of... Uh, uh, everyone around the world, he won in Las Vegas, half his luck. He's probably still out on the town. He beat Stefan Kozlov, a fellow American, and lots of other uh, challenger results. You can read those on our website at thefirstserve.com.au, all the uh, reps uh, from today. Uh, Tom Fanker, uh, we spoke to Tom, well, certainly for our website earlier in the year, around his disappointment about wild cards at the Australian Open. We're getting to that stage of the year when the wild cards once again becomes a big topic of discussion. But... Uh, Runner-up for Tom in the singles in Jakarta on the ITF2. He teamed up with uh, Brandon Walken, who's won his sixth title for the year. Now, he's trying to push to possibly play doubles in a Grand Slam for the first time. He's going to need to finish strong through the month of November. But he and Thomas Fankart taking out the uh, doubles. As far as the other Aussies, uh, Storm Sanders, who will be part of our Billie Jean King Cup team uh, next week, uh, semis in the singles and doubles. In fact, pulled out of the single semi with Alan Perez due to playing the two matches on the one day. And a young man who we haven't mentioned on this program, but we do like to pride ourselves on following the whole journey right from earning your first point. He's a 20-year-old Australian, Jacob Bradshaw. He reached his first semi at the 15K. So he's doing the hard yards there in uh, Egypt. He came through qualifying. He won five straight matches Before having to retire in the final four. So he's 40 and 21 uh, win loss. He's trying to establish a ranking on the tour. And uh, good luck to a young man who's trying to put his best foot forward. Uh, This week coming up on the tour, thanks to Hume Tennis and Community Centre. It's a little uh, mini Melbourne park in Melbourne's north. It's got tennis for everyone. It's perfect also for coaches and players. If you're coming from interstate to train and compete, it's close to Melbourne Airport accommodation available. So you can find out more at humetennis.com.au. So as I mentioned, the ATP 1000 Paris Masters, Alex Dimonor, Will be our sole Aussie male up against uh, Sebastian Corder, not for the first time in his career. So, would have liked it, maybe a kinder draw. Uh, John Pierce will play in the doubles with Dan Evans. Uh, Matthew Ebden will play with Jamie Murray. Uh, we've also got uh, a 1 2 5 on the WTA Tour, that's in Midland in the US. So Olivia Chandramulia and Elisa Bolton will play in the uh, doubles there. Uh, the WTA finals, as I mentioned, so the Tracy Austin group will be Igor Sfiontek. Coco Goff, Caroline Garcia, and Daria Kasatkina. And the Nancy Ritchie group will be On Jabir, Jessica Bagula, Maria Sakkari, and Arena uh, Sabalenka. So that gets underway in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, tomorrow morning to round out the WTA season. Uh, Jason Kubler is playing a challenger. I don't know what he's doing in qualies. He's actually won his first uh, qualifying match overnight. Uh, That must have been a very late entry for him to get into that tournament. There were no spots available. And, of course, uh, from an Australian perspective on the Challenger Tour, we've got the New South Wales Open this week. So there's a lot of Aussies uh, going around in that to try and pick up some uh, very, very valuable points. And we've got the uh, W60K in Sydney for most of the Australian women. So that is what the week uh, looks like. We'll uh, come back. There's a little bit in the mailbag. The United Cup, of course, uh, launched on uh, Friday Channel 9, are they going to sign a new extended deal with uh, Tennis Australia for the rights? We'll discuss all that coming up
0: next. Thanks to GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to
1: The First Serve. Great to have your company on this uh, Monday night as we talk the world of tennis. Uh, Tennis Australia in advance talks about extending its contract with uh, the incumbent broadcaster, of course, uh, Channel 9, a deal that would uh, cement the uh, television network's position as the preeminent partner of the sport. So multiple media sources who have spoken anonymously because negotiations are confidential said 9 had offered about $85 million a year for the sport several weeks ago. So we'll watch that uh, with great interest. Uh, The United Cup. We spoke about it many weeks ago on the show. The word had got out that this was going to replace the ATP Cup. The ATP in Tennis Australia made this official on Friday. Uh, mixed team event, 18 countries, uh, Brisbane, Perth and Sydney over the first 11 days of January. Uh, each team comprising up to four men and four women, $15 million US in prize money, uh, rankings points uh, for the men, And the women, Brisbane, Perth and Sydney, to each host two groups of uh, three countries, competing in a round-robin format from the 29th of December to the 4th of January. Each, uh, of course, tie comprises two men's and two women's singles matches and one mixed double. So some could say it's a rehash of the Hopman Cup, but the difference is uh, there's rankings points and there's uh, much better prize money on offer and all part of the WTA and the ATP trying to come together Um, uh, on more occasions and we'll see how it goes but you know certainly on paper for me it uh, it looks totally fine it would have come in probably two years ago if it wasn't for COVID Uh, there was a bit of backlash when the ATP Cup uh, first came in that the women were sort of particularly up in Brisbane relegated to the back courts which they didn't take too kindly to so this was always on the cards and Uh, Now it is happening. A little bit of UTR mailbag. Uh, Thanks for getting back to me, uh, Brett. UTR is totally ridiculous. My son wasn't able to play in the school holidays as he was commencing a new medical treatment. Before the holidays, his UTR was a nine point six two. without playing a single match. It went down to 9.5. The only thing we can think why this happened is that one of the players that he had beaten in his most recent matches had two bad losses to players with a much lower UTR. So how is this system fair? This player could have been injured and didn't play to his level. So, anyone who has played this kid will also suffer for it as a result. Uh, there's been a constant flow of uh, UTR traffic. We know that as of next week, I think the cat's out of the bag, that uh, reform is coming in 2023. Talk of a points race, how all that looks, we'll have to uh, wait and see. And I just received this as well, which will lead into our uh, chat with Brad Dyer in just a moment. Uh, Of course, we've been uh, chatting to the National Tennis Academy on this show um, for about three weeks in a row. We played you a series of uh, interviews when I went up there at the end of uh, September, so John had some feedback. Um, just listening to Chris and uh, Brent uh, Larkham uh, via the podcast version of this show. Points to consider A, COVID 2021 was used as the number one concern for the academy, but how did Taylor Preston, aged 15, 16, during those years hit 2022 ready to go top 10 as a junior? B, 34 contracts, but how many based themselves in Brisbane? So it's about half, half versus staying home. And how many in Brisbane are aged between 15 and 18? C, there is no clay in Perth, so how did Preston develop? Uh, Stuck in WA for two years. Kyrios didn't grow up on clay. Uh, D, coach ratio of two to one. Is that because there are not enough players and too many coaches? Surely it's a one to four minimum to make it financially justified. Or some coaches and wages need to go. E, the average age of the top 100 is six foot four. But the average height of the top 50 is 184 centimetres. So just over six foot. And uh, the last point, Mark Taylor, the strength and conditioning Uh, in charge of that area up at the NTA. No evidence the rallies are getting longer on either the WTA or the ATP tour. If he is training for some imaginary longer rally scenario, then no doubt the emphasis will be injury prevention as the idea without evidence of longer rallies equals uh, over uh, training. So that leads us in to uh, Brad Dyer, uh, speaking of the NTA, who's been coaching for 15 years in Perth, mainly alongside his brother Ash at the Next Step Tennis Academy At Greenwood Tennis Club, there are 12 hard courts, uh, private lessons, squads. He's a coach of rising Aussie prospect Taylor Preston, who has just turned 17, cracked the top 10 junior rankings this year, played all the junior slams in 2022, and already has built a WTA ranking into the 600s to date at just the age of 17. Part of the National Tennis Academy in Brisbane, but home-based, here is Brad Dyer
2: probably coaching her for, for almost nine years now. So she just came down to the club. I think she was probably had one or two other coaches as an eight-year-old. You're probably not, not into it that much. We were coaching a couple other girls that I think were doing okay at the time. And maybe they liked what they saw from a coaching perspective. And yeah, just started started off pretty light as they are as an eight-year-old. And then, yeah, took it from there. Just increased the, increased the day. Started playing a bit of club tennis and pennants in, in Perth. A really good uh, avenue in Perth and WA. The pennant club systems is really, really strong right from you know 8 9 year olds all the way through to to state league pennants which I think is really important because it guarantees you competition and matches all the year long and 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 in summer particularly and especially when they're young if you can get them playing some club tennis and pennants it's it's really important that's where it began
1: so w- when did you sort of identify that she's got a bit of talent you never really
2: know it's always a, a bit of a guess but always had a really good attitude and a good a good understanding good appetite for listening you know not not missing sessions i mean that's probably obviously got a bit to do with the with the parents of course but you know, always, always on time. You know, it sounds like not much, but it's. I think it sets good boundaries, for good foundations, and was always willing to to stick to even from a young age, whether it was on a green ball or a sort of younger in a, in a twelve and unders. Is you know, typically being an aggressive player and understanding that that's down the track how we want to do it. So she never really wavered from from that, even though particularly maybe it wasn't wasn't as successful when you're younger and all that sort of stuff. But from early on, just just the attitude and the willingness to that's what she wanted to do. Certainly in the field with the with the coach. And, and other things you, you're no experts. so I think you've got to be you've got to have an understanding that you know they are a person and a coach one day, then you're a, you know you're a little bit of a father figure or you're a friend or you know it comes with everything with with hopefully building a tennis play. and I think just over the time, you know you build relationships on and off the court. Um, you know, there's a trust and there's the understanding with the tennis and, and outside of it. If you can build foundations with the family and, you know, get to know them as people, then when you get on the court, it's it makes things a lot easier. It's been a really big focus over eight or nine years. It, it does make it a lot easier.
1: So when Tennis Australia did their performance review going back two or three years ago, one of the big things that came out of that was for players to have that connection still with their private coach. The coach, like in your example, Brad, who's been there from the start building the journey under the age of uh, 10 because we've seen in the past that some of those really talented players will get sort of taken away and then the private coach doesn't get to continue on and be part of the rest of the journey. So you might just want to explain how you've seen that in the last uh, couple of years. Obviously, I went up and visited the National Tennis Academy about three or four weeks ago, which as part of that review was created there in Brisbane and then squads around the different states. But the ability and the option for some players to be home-based players and not be based in Brisbane. So in Taylor's case, she's based with you in Perth. She is part of the NTA and gets that support. If we look at that list of 34, it's probably about roughly half-half of those based in Brisbane, those who are home-based. So keen to ask you, that the benefits of her being at home with you? Does she miss out on anything? I suppose people could argue that you're doing a fabulous job with her. She's risen into the top 10 of the ITF junior rankings this year. She's on a nice trajectory as a 16-year-old that some may argue, well, do we need a national academy? So I'm just keen to get your thoughts
2: first of all i think it's really you really have to base it on the individual brett like if it's you know there's obviously a lot of things to consider moving to the nta staying at home which are all positive things so i think from from i can only speak for us we certainly considered everything and still you know still daily we still have a conversation about you know what's the best moving forward so i guess as a coach you have to you have to really think because it becomes a pretty important stage where they you know they're developing they're they're a good junior is it something that you want to do as a coach do you want to follow it through do you have the t- time is it something that you are able to do and consciously feel like hey i I can commit to probably doing it for a little bit further so i think that's the first thing you want to figure out and then probably being an interstate not based in brisbane you know how much do you value you know time at home spending time with the family because i mean for example this year we've i think we've been away for the best part of not not tournaments but almost 26 or 27 weeks on the road so her schedule is maybe a little bit different because she's traveling a little bit more internationally than than perhaps others for us a big factor was we wanted that and even for myself that that go home or to be home when you weren't out there competing so as a coach some people like the idea of maybe oh, yeah, I, I want to be a you know I want to coach I want to coach this person forever and it'll be great and so I think it's it's something that you really have to be passionate about to do it and then just the right fit because the NTA it's 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 for some and not for others and it's and it's those guys are doing a great job out there the facilities you know the coaches the resources and that are, are probably second to none so it's definitely a difficult decision but yeah right at this point in time we're pretty happy
1: with, with what we're doing. So Brad, tell us how it works as a, a home-based player. Talking to Chris and Brent a few weeks ago, obviously there's things that Brisbane-based players have access to and will get and there's different sort of set of circumstances for the home-based player. So they're receiving still that support, but more remotely. Can you give us a, a bit of a feel for that? Because you're with her all the time. We're,
2: we're always welcome to, to visit the NTA or spend time yep. at the NTA in Brisbane whenever we want. So first of all, our access to it is, is not limited at all. So we can do that as we like as i said it's a little bit difficult through the year with the time of course so when you're when you're not playing it's good to be at home and perhaps training at home as as opposed to to not being there but just like there's constant conversations with brent brent larkin was over in, in wimbledon this year he spent time with me even from a coaching perspective helping and watching tay a little bit chris is always our phone call away to help with scheduling or setting up stuff with a psychologist or a nutritionist or there's all those benefits that that come with a home based player as well as being based in in Brisbane and of course there's the um, the resources with the with the funding and and all those things which without that, it's it's not possible yeah. to travel all to these tournaments and access these great events. Now, well said.
1: What is coaching best practice for you? I mean, coaches continually evolve. They're always looking at new ways. What's the type of play you're trying to develop? And just from your observations, you know, being on the road worldwide, the type of player that Taylor's going to need to become if she is going to rise through the ranks with, the, I suppose, the way the game's evolving? Well, I've been sort of lucky enough prior to
2: COVID, I went on actually a couple of 10 Australia trips with Taylor and the group of players twice a Europe so I was obviously able to get a pretty early look on you know perhaps what the Europeans are doing and you know how they go about playing albeit they're, they're pretty young but there's some still some familiar faces I, I saw then and that are playing you know the top junior events now I just think you know I put a lot around the level of competitiveness and, and, and sort of fight and, and attitude I think is a big one you know some of these European players and you know, all over all over the country is is the level of of you know fight and, and grit and determination that they show from from match to match. So my only thought was, you know, we got to match match it in that department first and foremost and then i think these days it's so physical even the women now if you're not strong and you don't hit a big ball then i think you're simply not going to survive so if you can't bring that level of aggression and and win points off your own bat you're going to be struggling right so there's that with the competitiveness and then having the array of if you do and this is something that we definitely need to work for and and get better at if you do find someone or a little bit older or the same age that is the same as you or if not better or hitting a good ball then you're going to be able to add in a little bit of variety and um can you hit a slice can come to the net how was your serve because a lot these days and and again in the women if if your second serve is is average, you're in a little bit of trouble. So that's that's ongoing and that's been a trend from, from all the way through. So
1: What about the argument of how much you need to play on clay? I feel like we've been discussing this in Australia for a long time. Certainly, we've increased the amount of clay courts across Australia. But as you've just spoken about in Perth, for example, you know predominantly grass, you have a hard court facility where you are up at the NTA. There's a handful of um, clay courts there and you know, it's often brought up that that's where you really hone your game and set your game up on a surface level. clay. Taylor's not necessarily in Australia growing up on that surface.
2: I mean, we found that out firsthand this year and it was really good because we went into the, you know, obviously got a ranking down enough that we could we could uh, tackle the clay and hopefully get to the French Open on our own ranking and play. So for that to happen, we we went over to we went over to Italy first. We went sort of four or five weeks before the French, and um, we've got one facility here in WA with the red clay, so we're able to get on the court a couple of times, maybe three or four times, literally before we went away. Yeah, it was a hell of a learning curve because even from from a mostly a movement perspective for us. Yeah. You know it's a little bit of deer and headlights or a fish out of water just it was the moving and sliding and and uh, more so trusting of that is the main thing so that that took us a good three weeks to actually feel half comfortable on a clay cord so we, we kind of knew and 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 maybe that's one other way we could have got better or I could have got better a little bit over the years is is try and spend you know I thought about maybe even being once a week get to a synthetic court or a clay court where okay you're at a hardcore facility it's really hard to, to get access to it but let's just go you know for for once out of a week or once out of a month or two, whatever it may be, just for the familiarity, because yeah, it really is different, and you can hit the ball great and you know feel like you're doing well, and then it's just a completely different different makeup and yeah so we we learn a heap this year actually she had some she played some good turns, as I said, took three weeks and had a good win over a top five girl in in Milan, and then uh, made the third round of the french so from from someone who's never really been on it at all, I think she did a pretty good job um and then yeah played a played a Slovakian girl who was just. It was just too good. Had a great drop shot and moved around the court and and picked up on the weaknesses. It was great. Hard learnings, but I think that's what you need.
1: Well, that is the voice of uh, Brad Dyer, who is the coach of uh, Taylor Preston, uh, just turned 17, one of our bright young prospects. We need some, certainly, on the female side. We had Talia Gibson, the 18-year-old, on this show about uh, a month ago, so hopefully a good couple of products coming out of WA who are doing a very nice job on the the tennis scene. All thanks to Melbourne's uh, leading synthetic grass court surface and construction specialist, Asti Tennis Courts, trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils. Check
0: out aste.com.au. Thanks to GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis.
1: Welcome back to The First Serve, uh, 1116 on the uh, Tennis Direct Text. If you want to send something through, 1300 36 or for the last Uh, Six weeks, if you're a regular listener to this show, we've been telling you about the Victoria Cup Tennis Carnival, a new event for 12, 14 and 16-year-olds which has been played over this Melbourne Cup weekend. It was decided to run this event because of the organisers' dismay about the state of junior development in their eyes, the ridiculous new competitive play structure that is in place. So I uh, did duck out to the finals today at Doveton Tennis Club. Uh, Six players, uh, boys, girls across 12s, 14s and 16s, Won a fully paid week at the John Newcomb Tennis Academy in Texas in 2023. There was a $25,000 prize pool. Also, a chance to win a free US college placement, thanks to Sarah Bowell, a former WTA professional from the UK of uh, Tennis Smart, which is now part of uh, Keystone Sports. I caught up with Sarah pre show.
3: It's 30 years of kind of work with tennis. So, I'm originally from England in the Northeast, a town called Middlesbrough. And I wasn't a top junior, didn't travel the world playing ITFs or anything, but just thankfully went to a really good kind of social type club, love loads of families, loads of kids uh, called Tennis World. And that kept me playing. But I was kind of, I was overlooked by the Federation, didn't particularly enjoy tennis, found it quite stressful, but I loved the team aspect of it. And that's what kept me involved. And Luckily, my parents kind of had links to a university in America. So I went down that pathway, which was absolutely life changing. I I ended up, I got a degree, but most importantly, I kind of gained confidence in my tennis game and ended up top 10 in college tennis. Someone asked me when I was about to graduate, are you going to go pro? And I hadn't really thought about it. Even at the grand old age of 22, I was like, I guess so. I, I I don't really want to get a job. I, like I'm enjoying my tennis right now, and from that decision in 2002, I played until 2012, um, and reached a high of 65 in the world. I've played every Grand Slam, including the Aussie Open. Represented Great Britain at Fed Cup and. Finally, before I retired, I won a a bronze medal at the Commonwealth Games. So for me, being in college, because it was so life changing, and I'm really passionate about the American University pathway. That's when I started helping British tennis players initially find the right pathway for them, and one of them being America. And that kind of snowballed to another 10 years when I was then picked up by Keystone Sports, and we're now... One of the biggest placement companies in the world, or at least in Europe, helping players find the right pathway for their tennis specifically for me, but all sports.
1: You would sprook for all the, the positives, but it just seems to be a bit of a no-brainer in a sense, just how brutal the tennis world is now as a way of entering professional tennis.
3: For me, it's been a, a no-brainer for so many years. And and for a long time, everyone said, yeah, but I've failed if I'm going on the uh, I'm going to university at 18. I can't then go to the tour. But luckily now, especially on the men's side, the numbers who are actually transitioning to the pro tour and doing very well is the highest it's ever been. And, and it's going to be the same on the women's side. We're getting to that, but there's, we're still in the stage where few of them are thinking, well, I'll go pro first at 18. And then I'll maybe think about university, but this year alone at Wimbledon and US Open, there was 70 former university tennis players in the Grand Slam main draw. Six of them were Keystone Sports, which was a goal in 2011 at my final Wimbledon. I, I left there thinking, I wonder if I'll get any of my players here. And to have six there this year was just amazing. So I think the big thing is like we look at Cameron Norrie, uh, the top 10 in the world now, he went to TCU and he didn't graduate. He did three years. He spoke to his coach and his coach is like, no, I think you're ready. Transition to the tour. But throughout his time in college, he played pro events. So College acted as a wonderful bridge because he got so many matches. With going to TCU, he got about 90, 80 to 90 matches a year, when if he was uh, on the tour at 18, he might only get 50, which means it makes it a, a lot longer slog to get to where you need to be rather than leapfrogging those first few lower levels.
1: So there are the volume of matches, there's that team spirit and environment, but is there something we can't see, an intangible that we can't see, that you think makes those players maybe more prepared for the tour?
3: I think, well, you're that little bit older. Like, I travelled around with a lot of former college athletes, so it was loads of fun. Like, Alison Rist's sister, I used to travel with Sarah, who had graduated from Vanderbilt, where Astra Sharma graduated from, and... And so for me, it was just a bit of fun initially. I I loved coming to Australia to play the Toby Jug Classics years ago. It was the best six weeks I've ever had. And and that really just allowed me to enjoy my tennis. And, And then it kind of progressed from there. So I think it's just knowing that you're going to lose a lot. And there was often times where I was away from home, I was in a lot of debt. And I was thinking... Uh, should I get a job? Like, why am I doing this? But I didn't have that real concern or anxiety that actually I've got no education, what am I going to do? So I think Mm -hmm. it probably, it gives us a bit more of a chance just to enjoy it and just see where the journey takes us.
1: So that is the voice of Sarah Borwell, who also uh, not only a great advocate for the US college uh, system, but also speaking about UTR and getting behind the Victoria Cup.
3: UTR for one is just another great way of competing and we've had it in the UK for a long time where the LTA bought into it probably six seven years ago and started sending results in and it just allows players to compete and find the the right level to compete at and not kind of kind of play the system just play you want to enjoy it compete as often as you can because if you do want to keep the pathway open for America that's partly what the university coaches are going to look at look at um so being part of this wonderful event which is going on which encourages players to compete and to have good attitudes and to work hard and just to represent themselves well it i thought it was incredible and i said i'd love to be part of it i'd love to get behind players understanding their pathways and for the for the player who ticks all the boxes and it's not just winning like having a good attitude, being a good team player, playing those consolation matches when you probably really don't want to, then we're going to help place them in an American university for free. And our service looks after them until they graduate university and we help them either go pro or we help them find a job in their career path.
1: Sarah when you just look at the world of tennis uh, right now as I leave you how would you sort of describe it because there are more countries than ever before producing players which makes it even tougher out there on the tour.
3: Yeah I'm I'm just I wish I still played because I know uh, financially it's a lot better than when I was around but I just look at how strong the competition is and the cost now of traveling I think to actually break through to the top 100 now is very very difficult and and so so there's kind of it's it's the best time now to really start thinking about all your different pathways like whether you want to stay in Australia and go to the wonderful universities there or maybe come over to America especially for girls the opportunities out here are just through the roof because there's so many scholarship opportunities so the big thing is just competing play on a regular basis have fun enjoy it and see where that journey takes you but just be aware of all the different pathways you have available to you.
1: So this is the voice of Sarah Borwell, a Keystone Sports, former WTA professional from the UK. So Sarah mentioned a free college placement service for for free uh, for the best and fairest player. Now, that was won today by 16-year-old Ella Fitcher, who was runner-up in the under-16 girls. I uh, caught up with Ella for a chat.
4: Well, the tournament has been really fun Um, So you're guaranteed four matches which is different to other tournaments so it was really good to like have multiple matches and not just be like knocked out after the first round. The other girls I've been playing have been really like nice off the court as well so I'm making a lot of new friends and one girl from Western Australia who I haven't met before Um, but the tournament's been really good so far so yeah.
1: Tell us a bit about your tennis journey. So far? I mean, most who take up tennis start pretty young?
4: Uh, yeah, I did start pretty young. I was probably like five or six years old and I played in the YMCA just indoors. But um, over the last like five or so years, I've been like proper sort of coaching outside and now I get coached at Ascot Vale with uh, Damien Ward, which he's been really good. I started with him this year and I've really improved which is really good.
1: Okay. So where does it sort of sit in terms of um, priority? Obviously um, you're pretty keen to do something with your tennis.
4: I do tennis most days after school and on the weekend. But um, my mum makes sure I do school work in before tennis and stuff. But um, I lo- really enjoy my tennis and do want to do something with it like going to um, college in America. Which will be good.
1: Yeah, obviously it's becoming an even more popular pathway for a lot of Australians because you go over there and you get an education, you get to play a lot of tennis and maybe you come in to the pros if you're good enough at a... At a later age, when maybe you're a little bit more mature, ready to go, what do you know about the college scene over in the US?
4: I know a bit because I have talked to another agency recently because we started looking at it. Basically, I know, like, the different schools and stuff. It's just a bit exciting. It'll be a really good experience. But in Australia, it's like once you, like, turn sort of 18 and stuff, it's really hard to keep going in tennis and like through university and stuff if I'm going to do that. But in America, it would be really good because so I can balance both and continue playing sort of at a higher level.
1: That sounds like a good pathway to me. Tell us a bit about your game.
4: I love my forehand. It's my favourite shot. My serve, I've been working on making it more like of a weapon. I just try to, like, focus on myself during a match rather than my opponent and just stick to my game and just try to work my way through the points and stuff I like to come into the net and volley on the balls if I get the opportunity but yeah I'm not too sure
1: that's a good uh, good description I think we've got a bit of an idea certainly uh, the way you play are you a big watcher of uh, professional tennis and do you have a a couple of players that you love watching in particular that you've maybe sort of like their game and the way they play
4: I watch a bit of tennis like the major events but honestly I don't really watch that much tennis um besides those ones but I really did like Ash Barty before she retired she was a really good role model as she's like a great person as well outside of tennis yeah she's just very genuine and like Has a good personality besides her tennis. I
1: think everyone liked Ash Barty and the way she played. Hey, Ella, thanks for spending a couple of minutes. Good luck. I'm going to jot your name down and we'll follow your path and see where you go.
4: Thank you so
1: much. So young Ella Fitcher, just 16, uh, on her uh, journey, and she gets a free uh, scholarship, uh, US college scholarship, uh, next year courtesy of Keystone Sports. So the Victoria Cup, certainly not going to be a one-off. It'll be uh, here to stay. I'll just receive quickly before the break... Late into the mailbag today from Chris at Derriman, who's a great uh, listener of this show. I haven't messaged you for a while, but I still listen to your show on, on a Monday night. I had my daughter in the Victoria Cup Tennis Carnival. Girls 16-under at Ringwood uh, Central over the weekend. Just want to give a big shout-out to Nat Allsop, the tournament director. Ran a great tournament, uh, getting out there and talking to parents and players. Full credit to her. You're welcome to mention this. Thank you very much. Didn't read that bit in brackets. Uh, my daughter, Taylor, played at Doveton today. I couldn't get there, had to work. My mother-in-law took her. She had a great game, even though she went down to second place, Ella Fitcher, who we just heard from, 3646. There you go, Chris. Uh, both the best mates. Uh, she was going to come up and introduce herself to you, but you had already left. Uh, I did sneak in a little sausage and bread. head good's a sausage sizzle? Had I been there, I would have come up and introduced myself. Eventually, I'll come up and have a chat with you at some tournament. Thank you very much, Chris. Always good to have you uh, part of our show listing. We'll come back and uh, touch on the Tennis Victoria Premier League.
0: Thanks to GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to The First Serve. Well, uh, the
5: Tennis
1: Victoria Premier League is uh, back for 2022. Uh, Great to have Tyler Crumholtz, Competition Coordinator of Tennis Victoria on the line to close out the show this week. Tyler, great to chat.
5: Hey Brad how are you doing?
1: We're going well there's an increase what about uh, 10 grand on the prize money from last year the names on the team list are magnificent and it all starts uh, later this week.
5: That's right. Yeah, we're really excited. Um yeah, like you've seen uh the the level of talent for Premier League this year is probably the highest it's ever been. Uh absolutely on the men's side for sure and it's right up there on the women's side as well. Um yeah, we're really excited. It's it's an awesome opportunity to go out and and watch some team tennis right in the local clubs right in Melbourne. So um, honestly, it it can't be beat. As you as you know, I know you're a big proponent of team tennis yourself, Brett. And yep. um, yeah, it's uh, it's a great opportunity to be able to see these players play uh, for something more than just themselves.
1: All right, so we're at uh, Bundura, Glen Iris. Uh, we're at Grace Park and not far from my place. What a beautiful place here in Hawthorne. Royal South Yarra, Kooyong. And then the 12th of November, the women's and men's final at the NTC where it was uh, last year. We're going to be doing the commentary for KO. And uh, the quality of tennis last year was superb. When you look at who's in the draw, Jason Kubler coming back. I know Jason did play at... Uh, last year, Kimberly Beryl, who as we mentioned, won a title over the weekend. Uh, who else have we got here? Alex Bolts playing. Omar Jesikas. So th- these are some good names coming back.
5: That's, that's right. Yeah, even even since I emailed you the other day, uh, uh, Matt Inglis has been added to the Royal South Yard women's team. So that's the final from yesterday's uh, you know Adelaide title match there. So uh, Kimberly versus Maddie. Um, yeah, Jason has had an incredible year, coming off of playing Premier League last year. Uh, same with Omar, really. Um, they played off in the uh, number one singles of the grand final last year, and, and that could easily be a rematch again this year. And, and they've you know had incredible years coming off the back of that. Uh, yeah, Alex Bolt's back plan. Um, you know, Jamie Furless is uh, is another one that's had an incredible year this mm. year. She's ranked, mm. I think, 166th in the world right now. So, yeah, the the level of talent is, is amazing. And it's all, you know, free to come down and watch to, um, to any of the matches. I think... Um, yeah, this Friday night we've got uh, the, the men's at the, the mini Melbourne Park at Hume and then uh, the women's over at Boundoura, and uh, then we kick off from there. And, um, and the one thing about the grand final, you talked about the commentary team, it's going to be on uh, uh, KO freebies for everybody to be able to watch on that Saturday night, the 12th. Uh, so you don't even need to be a subscriber to KO. You can just tune in and, and get a login, and, and you can watch it just from the, the comfort of your home. But, of course, we want everyone to come out to the matches themselves and, and see it in person
1: no doubt is there a website where, where do we go to just to keep an eye on the results for people who want to follow it 4th of November to the 12th of November
5: absolutely so you know we encourage everyone of course follow Tennis Victoria on Facebook and Instagram yep. okay. but you know just do a Google search for the Tennis Victoria uh, Premier League uh, you know web page just do Google Tennis Victoria Premier League and you'll find it and then you can see a uh, all the results, all the recaps, and uh, and what's coming up next. Beautifully done. Tyler Krumholtz,
1: uh, there he is, the competition's coordinator at Tennis uh, Victoria to uh, tell us all about the Tennis Victoria Premier League, having done it last year. The competition was uh, terrific. Uh, Yarra Tennis Coaching at Eaglemont Tennis Club Uh, Just off the Eastern Freeway, junior and adult programs available. Shane Scrutney's a beauty, 30 years coaching experience. His mission is simply to improve your game, whether you're a complete beginner or a serious player. Check out yarratennis.com.au. Plenty of great written content from our team. All our features on our website, thefirstserve.com.au. So you can read to your heart's content. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We don't miss an Aussie playing uh, seven days a week. Effectively, 12 months of the year, there is always an Aussie. Uh, Yonex, great supporters of our show. 76 years of performance product crafted in Japan. Check out their latest range at yonex.com. Next Monday on the program, Tennis Australia CEO Craig Tiley for an extended chat about the state of Australian tennis. So make sure you tune into that uh, next uh, Monday night. We're here through till the end of November, so there's still a little bit of ground to cover. Thanks for your company uh, tonight. And uh, we'll do it all again next Monday night at 8 o'clock. Hidden beautifully out of the middle,
0: off those nice strings this week. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.